hello, and welcome to the show. It's me, John Park, and this is John Park's Workshop, right here on your favorite Adafruit network of shows and channels and things. Uh, we are broadcasting live, I hope, to YouTube and Discord, uh, not Discord, Discord's where our chat's happening. Uh, we should be live over on Facebook and Twitch and Periscope and LinkedIn and maybe a couple other places that I forget. Uh, but if you're looking to chat, uh, the reason I bring that up is, yes, Discord is the place to be. Head on over to adafru.it slash Discord, and you'll see uh, all of these characters here chatting. Oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> it's always uh, dangerous to blindly pop open Discord without first checking and seeing what's going on. Mm, things are redacted. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Todd. Uh we're also watching the chat over in uh, YouTube, so uh, come on, come on over and uh, and join us, won't you? Uh, and uh, without further ado, let's get the show on the road, shall we? Uh, let's see, what have we got here? What, what have we got here today? Um, I have a uh, cool revision of a project. It's actually kind of the the uh, original vision for this project, which is you can see it back there. Uh, it is this on-air sign, uh, and that should, uh, pretty soon here, uh, update itself to let us know that we are on-air. Now, I think I might have some uh, test settings in there that are making it check uh, pretty slowly, but uh, keep an eye on it. It should swap over pretty soon, and if not, I'll, I'll kick the thing. Um, so we have our on-air project. Uh, we've also got some gear and products of the week to look at. Uh, Make Code Minute, a game of the week. Uh, probably a couple other things. So uh, one thing I want to mention before I forget is that we have a new edition of the Make Code newsletter coming out soon. So if you head on over to uh, the Adafruit Daily, in fact, I'll pop that site up for you. Head on over here. This is adafruitdaily.com. Uh, and I can move that down a little bit for you there. Uh, you can sign up for newsletters there. You just need to enter in an email address and click on which ones you want to get. We won't spam you. We won't send you anything you don't want. If you take yourself off of those newsletters, that's it. It's done. No harm, no foul. Uh, but if you sign up for the um, Make Code newsletter, uh, you'll get a new edition next Tuesday. The next one's coming out next Tuesday. We do that one monthly. So some are, some are uh, at different uh, frequencies than others. So uh, head on over. If you look, in fact, at the makecode.adafruitdaily.com, uh, you can see an archive of all the past issues that we've done. So here was the July edition. You can go check that out. And uh, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get that right in your inbox uh, as soon as it comes out Tuesday. So... Uh, there you go. Go check it out. Uh, let's see. What else have we got? We do have our jobs board. So if you want to look for work or if you want to uh, post for a position that you are uh, trying to fill, and that can be freelance work, that can be contract work, full-time, part-time, on-site, off-site, remote, virtual, and so on, uh, this is the place to, to check it out. It's free for everyone. So uh, it's, it's hard to lose. Head on over to jobs.adafruit.com and check that out. I encourage you to. Uh, all right, next up, let's uh, let's have a look at our product pick of the week. My product pick of the week this week is this gigantic 1.2-inch four-digit display backpack. Uh, I have one right here, in fact, 
And uh, the reason that this was on my mind and is my product pick of the week is that I just built uh, one of C. Grover's very cool clocks with it. And I'll show you a little bit more about that in a second, but this is my uh, new workshop clock. Uh, so this was a, a board that uh, puts the real-time clock feather wing and a feather M4 together and is uh, being used to drive this display backpack. So this display backpack, I know the lighting isn't great on it. I haven't put a uh, a tint in front of it yet, which I will. Uh, but this is a uh, I squared C backpack uh, that drives all of those LEDs for you. It just takes, uh, I think, four pins, or maybe I think it's four pins. There's a fifth pin that's not used. Uh, and uh, it's very easy to integrate into different projects with different microcontrollers. So uh, that's my pick of the week. And like I said, I'll give you a little more info about that. Uh, clock project because it's super cool, but it's just one of many, many possible uses for uh, this very cool 1.2 inch display. And I'll, uh, I'll show you it right here. Let me pop back over to the browser. There it is. It's, uh, this is the backpack and the digits together, so you can pick them in different colors. I picked yellow. I thought it looked nice. Um, and uh, there are five in stock right now. It's $17.50. You can go get yourself one of these, and uh, we have some uh, guides and instructions on how to drive that from different microcontrollers in Arduino and in CircuitPython. Uh, this project, my clock uh, that I'm using by C. Grover, is in CircuitPython. And that is my product pick of the week. Uh, and as promised, let me... Uh, show you, here is uh, the project page. Uh, so this is called the Clock Mini M4 Pelican. Uh, it's designed to go into a Pelican case so that you can close it off and it's pretty nicely sealed from dust and dirt and swarf and things that are flying through the air in your workshop if that's where you want to use it. Uh, I may mount mine on a, on a little piece of wood for like a little stand, build an enclosure. I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, but the info you need is here, and this is at uh, github.com slash cedargrovestudios slash clock underscore mini M4 Pelican. And I'll put that over in the Discord uh, if, if anyone's curious about it. Uh, there you go. So go, go check that out in the Discord chat. I'll put that in the YouTube chat too. There you have it. Uh, so let's see. Oh, and, and by the way, one of the reasons I was excited to build this is it uses the real-time clock and the code automatically adjusts for daylight savings time so you can uh, lose power to the clock itself. Let me pop this off here. Uh, so I'll pull power that's going to the, the board there and it's driving the display, it's driving the feather. Uh, and at that very moment, the little battery on the real-time clock uh, feather wing module right there, uh, that kicks in and, and continues uh, uh, counting count the time so you don't lose a tick. So if we plug this back in, uh, you can see it's gone back to the proper time. Uh, I adjusted it so it wouldn't do a every minute update of the date, but the uh, original code, if you look in that project by C. Grover, uh, does uh, have extra features that'll show you the date uh, as well. Uh, and I think I'm going to add, there's, there's also a provision to add a smaller 14-segment uh, display there to give you the day of the week and maybe some other info. So very, very nicely done project. So I encourage you to go check it out. Uh, all right, let's see, what is next? Um, 
Gear report. I always like to talk about uh, new gear that I'm messing around with. And this one's actually um, something I've been building uh, just the last couple days. And let's see, I'll, I'll pop up a, um, you'll see a little camera view popped up there. Uh, and it's very, very tightly uh, lensed because I have this large lens on here. Let me pull that out of the way. Uh, this is the Raspberry Pi high quality camera. And I have that uh, long lens on there, the, the telephoto lens. Uh, and I've got it attached to an A plus, uh, or uh, yeah, it's a Raspberry Pi 3A plus uh, board there with a little case. This is the Mike Dole uh, polycarbonate case that we sell. And then I stuck a uh, battery, a USB battery on there. So it's actually uh, battery powered. I just have U uh, HDMI, rather, HDMI running out of here. And then I'm using uh, one of these, I guess I'll, I'll unplug it. it. It'll cause me problems if I try to look at it again later. But I'm using one of these little HDMI uh, to USB video uh, converters that we, we now have in the store. And um, the reason I'm setting all this up is that in... Uh, a couple weeks, not this weekend, but the following weekend, I'm going to be doing a session for the online Maker Fair Miami, and I'm going to do a workshop tour. So I'm going to talk about how I, how I work, how I organize stuff such that I do, uh, how I uh, stream projects as I work on them, how I do shows like this. Uh, and I thought it'd be handy to have a, uh, a camera that has high quality and is on a long USB that I can uh, point around. So I'm, I'm looking to put a wide lens on there. We'll see if that works out. Uh, so that's my gear report. I got the high quality camera a little while ago and now I've uh, built something with it and I'm very impressed. It's a, it's a great looking uh, sensor, really nice camera. Uh, so that's my gear report. All right, uh, let's see. Let me just check in with the chats to make sure everything is hunky-dory. Uh, oh. My Discord just yelled at me about a new audio device. Luckily, it doesn't seem to have screwed up my stream, so that's good. Um, let's see. What else? So we have a suggestion in the Discord. Uh, Maker Melissa says, try hooking up a lithium-ion battery and a PowerBoost uh, 1000C to make it more compact. That's a neat idea. Yeah, I, I think this was a bit of an afterthought. Uh, trying to trying to have one fewer cable since it's not really a portable project. I could have a second wire going to to power, but I like this. Uh, I like this idea of having having a uh, battery built onto it, so only one wire is being used. But that's a nice idea. Yeah, using the the power boost. Uh, let's see. All right. You know what? I think it's time for us to uh, have a look at a little thing I like to call the Make Code Minute. All right, uh, I'm just taking care of some camera issues here. This one overheated, it's getting warm. Uh, all right, let's bring in the Chrome. And in fact, let's bring in the down shooter uh, because for my make code minute today, let me 
get that started again. All right, for the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to do is build a Make Code version of the Cyclone game. Uh, so you may have seen Noah and Pedro and Liz, uh, Blitz City DIY, built a CircuitPython-based Cyclone game. I decided to try doing one inside of Make Code. So the way this game works uh, is, let me, let me reset the game here. Uh, we have a target, which is going to be that white uh, LED right there. And then we have the dot that's going around, that blue one. And what I want to do is stop my blue dot right when it hits the target. When I'm successful, it lights up green, and every round it, whoops, there I missed, so it went red. Every round it gets faster. Uh, and so I'm scoring those. As you can see, we've got LEDs on the uh, Circuit Playground Express that tell us our score. So I'm four for five. It's gonna start getting really fast. All right, let's concentrate. Let's see if we can get that. Nope. Oh boy, this is terrible, the pressure. I wanna get at least one more. No! And it shows you where, where you missed. Were you early? Were you late? Oh gosh, this last one's going to be fast. Okay, I didn't do so well. Uh, but let's take a look at how uh, this is set up inside of MakeCode. Bring open my MakeCode here. Uh, so what you can see is that I actually got inspired by a conversation about building this type of game that was on uh, the forum. So uh, forum.makecode.com in the arcade section. And uh, here we have a uh, couple of strips that I've made. So one I'm calling the ring, and that's the external NeoPixel strip. Uh, let's see, where's my startup block? Uh, let's see. On start, I'm calling this reset function. Uh, and in here, we're going and setting some variables for things like the size of the, the ring. I'm using a 24-pixel ring. Uh, I'm setting a state of a variable called running to false. Uh, I create my NeoPixel object, I set it all to black, uh, and then I have a couple of variables for score and level, uh, which start off at zero. And then we create that target object that we're going to hit by using this little pick random uh, math block. So that'll pick a random number that is uh, essentially one of the possible rings inside of that 24 pixel ring. For, so the number is essentially 0 to 23. But if we use a different size ring, we can just change that variable in one place and it'll It'll uh, go throughout the rest of the code. Uh, and then I've set up a set of um, possible speed. Um, these are the pauses between pixel updates, NeoPixel updates. So this is it getting faster with each cycle through. We just pick the next speed there. Uh, so that's the reset, and that's what happens on start or if we hit the reset button. Um, and I think I also used the B button to hit reset so that if you get frustrated and you're going for a high score, you can just hit B and bail out and start it over again. Uh, but what happens when we hit A is the dot variable is checked to see if it's the same as the target variable. And if those are the same, that means you hit the target and then we can light up the pixels to green and we can do our scoring. If those two variables are different, that means you missed, and or I missed. And then uh, we paint up all of the pixels to red and set the uh, scoring pixel to red. And uh, each time we finish, we then move up a level and therefore grab a new speed. And uh, so that is a way that you can create your own Cyclone game using Make Code on Circuit Playground Express with an external NeoPixel ring plugged in. And that is your Make Code Minute. Uh, and one other thing I want to do actually is share this in case someone wants to have a look. You can just take a look at that uh, QR code right there, and that'll let you open up that code and try it out. 
Uh, and of course, you can also make your own version that runs exclusively on the Circuit Playground Express and doesn't do the scoring, and then you could use the uh, 10 pixels. And I believe if you go to arcade dot, uh, arcade channel of forum.makecode.com, you will find uh, the conversation, the project, if you just look for the word cyclone in the search, uh, that was my starting off point for, for building this. So thank you to the original creator uh, for making that, and uh, I believe Richard or Thomas from the MakeCode team uh, was involved in a conversation about how to get that started. Uh, so that's your Make Code Minute. All right, thank you for bearing with me. I had to turn on uh, a fan and open a door and try to get some airflow going here, uh, here now. Um, so let me, let me give that a second so that camera cools off sufficiently to want to run again. Uh, and I will check and see if this one's, yeah, okay, so this one's working uh, still. This is my, uh, my little camera here. Uh, and you can see here, I'll, I'll point it over elsewhere in the shop. Now we have a little more light in the shop so you can see that better. Um, and there's our good friend Slappy hanging out there. Uh, and probably you can see him anyway, but right behind me there is a good friend of ours. Oh gosh, it's Lars sneaking around. Boy, he looks creepy there, huh? I guess he usually looks creepy. Um, so that's my, my happy little camera there. Uh, all right. So let's see, the next thing I wanted to do was have a look at a uh, game of the week pick. Uh, so let me get that set up and bring in that right there. So here you see I've got um, the forum.makecode.com. I was in the arcade section looking for interesting games. And this is one uh, that was published a little while ago, but I never... Uh, took a look at it. This is by Darzu. Uh, and this is a Bejeweled-like game uh, called Gem Crush, as well as the Sprite Grid extension that Darzu made to make this possible to build inside of blocks. Uh, so you can see here, uh, here's, a, here's a look at the extension. Uh, let's see if I can zoom in there a bit. Uh, so these are the types of blocks you get with this grid extension. And here they are in action. So uh, you can see here, actually, the, the extension was called Bejeweled at one point, uh, and it talks about how to use the extension here in this little pop-out help. Uh, and let, let me uh, click the link there. You can see here's a, here's a full uh, set of details about the extension. Uh, and then if we go and look at, uh, let's, let's go full screen with this, you can see how this is going to work. You can move your cursor around using the D-pad uh, and then press A in order to select a jewel or a block and then you can go to one of the adjacent squares where you want to drop it. Uh, so we'll do the little switch places and you can see that created a, a crushing of that row and that leads to uh, that domino effect of more and more uh, jewels getting crushed. Uh, and now we, we repeat. So why don't we, uh, let's pick an apple. What's a good one to, to crush here? We'll go get this one. So I'll pick an apple, move a grid over to the left, click go, and we start crushing. And who doesn't love Bejeweled? I, I had kind of forgotten how addictive we all were to this game at one point. Uh, so really, uh, 
nicely done. Check it out and check out the uh, extension so that you can make your own using these blocks from the grid extension. Uh, and so that's my MakeCode Arcade game pick of the week. And that is, find it, Gem Crush. Oh, I'm just looking at the, yeah, there we go. It's Gem Crush and Sprite Grid Extension by Darzu. All right, uh, let's see. What else is happening? Let me check in with, uh, with the Discord. What's, what's going on over there, uh, Discord? Oh, someone, someone pointed out, thank you. Uh, Maker Melissa pointed out that my on-air sign is lit up now. I forgot to, to check in on it. Uh, you can see that. And in fact, let's see if my um, camera that it overheated has sufficiently cooled. And I'll, I'll uh, give you another view of that. Although one nice thing is this camera that we're looking through, this is actually the FaceTime camera built into my, um, my Mac. That uh, camera does a nice job of dealing with the refresh of these LEDs so they don't flicker. Uh, when I go through my other camera, the refresh rate is uh, going to make it look like there's some flicker there. Uh, let's see. Let me turn this camera back on. Yeah, I think my test code in there might be checking every six minutes or five minutes right now. Um, and I'll talk about why that is and, and what we're able to do to deal with that. Uh, so, yeah, let's pop over to uh, this main cam here. And I'll put in a little uh, overhead bench cam. Uh, so this is the project of the week. And this is the uh, on-air sign. You remember we looked at this a couple weeks ago uh, in a manual version I had where you just clicked a button to change it from on-air to off-air. Um, but this version, the way it works is it's using Wi-Fi that's built onto uh, this Metro M4. You can see that in the overhead there. And uh, by the way, my camera switcher is not working. Actually, the software, uh, the broadcast software is, is doing weird things with uh, shortcuts right now. So I won't switch, uh, but I'll hold that up close. You can see there I've got the Metro M4 airlift. Uh, and that has, uh, it's essentially a Metro M4, but it's got the uh, ESP32 coprocessor for doing Wi-Fi. Uh, so that is going onto my local uh, Wi-Fi and then is able to use uh, a call to the YouTube Data API version 3, uh, as well as checking the time server uh, at Adafruit IO to find a uh, piece of data that tells uh, it if a YouTube channel is on uh, streaming live or not. Uh, so if I pull the power on this right now and then fire it back up. Uh, you can see I'm using the RGB matrix backpack or shield for the Metro airlift and that's driving uh, this matrix display. So you can see right now I have uh, text that's entered into the code that tells um, the name of the channel. That's just hand entered in there. Uh, and I entered it as two lines. We're not doing any line breaks. I wanted to be precise about where things were centered. And so I wrote Ada and Fruit as two separate uh, strings. And then it's calling a bitmap font uh, to uh, light up the, the display while it's getting online. So right now, uh, there you can see it just switched over. So during that, that time, it went online to Adafruit.io to find the time. 
Uh, it, well, it had to get onto my, my Wi-Fi first, then it found out the time, and then it headed up to uh, the YouTube data API to ask uh, if the channel ID that's been entered is streaming or not. It came back with the answer, yeah, it's on air. Um, and so uh, let's see, what I can do is uh, I'm not going to take us off air because <laughs> it'd be very hard for you to see that show up and say off air. Uh, but what I can do is I can plug this in. I think I'll leave it here, um, and I'm going to plug it in with a long USB cable so that I can change the code on it, and we can look at the code on it. Uh, so let me grab a U USB extender uh, from my box of USB cables. These things are super handy. This is a, uh, a long USB extender. Uh, which I can then plug a sort of normal-ish cable into. Uh, let's try that one. And so this is going to go into the Metro. And then I'll run this back over to my workstation. I could have had a laptop over here too. Yes, that would have been helpful, but didn't. So let me go over there. And... Run this into my machine, and I'll just pop up a small, uh, there we go, me here, hello. And I'll try to add a, how about I'll throw a moo over here. One second while I resize some things. And hopefully I don't cause our uh, audio to go out of sync, because I know that happens sometimes when I start fooling with things. Uh, there we go. That should work. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and in Moo, I'm going to open up the serial monitor. And let me zoom the size of the text up a bunch. Uh, now we'll load up the code.py that's running on there. Uh, I'm going to throw my glasses so I can read this better. So um, this is similar to the way I was doing things before, but I've made a couple of adjustments uh, to use the polygon and the rectangle shapes uh, from the display shapes library. And that's how I'm drawing in um, the rectangle frame, sort of broken rectangle frame. Uh, and when it updates here in a second, what you're gonna see down at the bottom is it's getting the, it's connected to my access point, my Wi-Fi. Now it's getting the time in my time zone, uh, and that's through the Adafruit I.O. And now it's retrieving data. So this is the part where it's going and asking um, for the YouTube uh, channel ID that we've provided, uh, is this online or not? So, so there's a, a check on the streaming status. Uh, and so it replied, yes, uh, true. On air equals true, and now you can see my sign there, which is looking kind of fiery and orange-red, uh, kind of weird refresh thing I'm seeing. Um, that uh, is, is saying on air. Um, if we look at the code here, um, what you'll see, and first of all, I want to give huge thanks to Melissa for the help. She's uh, written this Adafruit Matrix Portal library, very similar in a lot of ways to our PyPortal library. Uh, and allows us to do similar types of things. Uh, and so it makes it very easy uh, for me to 
give it a YouTube channel and it knows how to check the YouTube a API for uh, the channel ID's um, streaming status. Um, and I'm working on a guide for this, but it's, in a lot of ways it's similar to the YouTube subscriber count guide I did for PyPortal in that we um, create a Google API project uh, and, uh, and a, a token, uh, a, a YouTube token that we use so that we can query. Uh, and we have limits on querying. You can't ping it constantly. Uh, so that's why we have things like delays and how often we check. Uh, so what I'm going to do, actually, let me, I'm going to head off to the second window here, second tab, uh, and I'm just going to load a uh, version of this that I have locally uh, where I have my own Uh, channel ID. So this is for my personal YouTube channel and is, that's not streaming live right now. So I'm just going to copy that uh, channel ID and I'm going to change it right here to be one that I know is not streaming. So I think that'll, that ought to work that way. So I'll hit save. Uh, now you look over at the on-air sign and at my um, serial output and you'll see it's reloading it. We get our little blink of snake there. Um, it's now connecting to my um, access point. While it does that, uh, by the way, uh, I'll show you some of the code that I'm using for display stuff. So um, this uses display I.O. Here you can see I'm drawing that little rectangle. At the beginning, I'm, I'm just coloring in only the two sides, even though I've created all of the elements. Uh, so it's like a broken rectangle, so there's six segments. Um, okay, so now it's, oh, by the way, and I didn't update it to say John Park. I just had it saying Adafruit. So this is a lie, uh, but what it's really going to check is uh, my site, and it's coming up with off-air, or my YouTube channel. Uh, it's saying off-air. Uh, so if we look at the, let me close that serial monitor for a second. Uh, if we look at the code from the top, we've got importing of the necessary libraries, including uh, these two sections from matrix portal, the network and the matrix uh, sections. So that deals with both uh, getting data from, from online sources as well as drawing to the display. Uh, and in this case, the display is a matrix, 64 by 32 matrix. Uh, from the secrets file, it's grabbing things like my Wi-Fi SSID and password, as well as the, my Adafruit ID, Adafruit IO ID, and my um, YouTube uh, credentials. I can change this back here. Uh, and then we enter in the data source. This is where we're getting that, that uh, info. And here's our update delay. Yeah, so right now I'm doing it uh, every 300 seconds. So it's actually checking pretty frequently. Um, but we have only so many queries we can make in a day. So I've made the operating time quite short. You can see I'm only checking from 12 noon to 7 p.m. Uh, here, so depending on which hours of the day you want to be alerted, you could have this checking pretty frequently, every 20 seconds if it's just within a few hour range, uh, and then you'll you'll know that the sign is is in pretty close keeping with reality um, of when a stream goes live. I wish we could do it uh, real time, instantaneous, but uh, obviously YouTube can't accept that many queries from everyone around the world all at once. Uh, then we do some of the typical display I.O. Uh, setup. We're using a 64 by 32 with a 2-bit color palette to keep memory consumption low. 
Uh, I've set up some color uh, um, values that I'm going to use, black, which is off, red, a, a sort of dim white, I didn't want the white to be too bright, and this gold, sort of amber gold yellow color. Uh, and then here's the rectangles being drawn, here's the rectangles being appended to the group, the display I.O. group. Uh, I have this redraw frame function that I created, and that's just used for later uh, when I want to put the full frame on. Uh, if I save this again right now, you'll see it'll, once it starts up, it'll, it'll splash Adafruit on there, and I just have bars on the side. When it goes and finds that the, the uh, stream is live, you'll see the rest of that rectangle get drawn on, and that's just simply changing the color to be that off-white or that dim white. Uh, these, you'll see, are the little wing shapes. So these are now polygons. Originally I was doing some routines to draw a bunch of little dots, then I used the lines primitive. Uh, and then Melissa suggested that I use the polygon primitive, which allows us to set a, a sort of unlimited number of vertices. Um, and so I have each wing, uh, if you look at, let me see if I can zoom in a little closer there. You can see each of these, um, wing objects has a uh, diagonal. So that's the first vertex, second, third, and fourth. And so that's what draws my little wingy kind of shape there. Um, go back to there. And one second, I can turn this fan down a little now. I don't think you hear the fan too badly from what I gather, but it makes me shout because I'm trying to hear myself over it. Uh, so those are the polygon objects, and you can see they just, they just take these uh, vertex pairs, x, y, x, y, x, y, x, y. Uh, so that's fun. I haven't, this is the first time I've used it here, and uh, I think a lot of fun can be had drawing polygonal shapes uh, using these, and it's fairly efficient code to do it. Uh, then I append all of those wing objects, and then again I have a redraw function I created that just allows me to change their color uh, between red and yellow for my on-air and off-air, respectively. Uh, and then I'm using a nice bitmap font. I showed this last time when I talked about the on-air sign, uh, sort of manual clicking version, uh, but I've got a, a nice typeface that I've uh, converted to a BDF uh, set of glyphs. And uh, those are bitmap fonts that are sized, uh, sized for the display. And then I have a couple of sets of positions where the text gets drawn, uh, depending on the word on or off. We draw it in a different X position. Uh, add all of those to the group and draw them. Uh, and then here's my startup text. So this was just because I wanted to look at something before we had the answer back. So this could be uh, if I was checking, if I were checking my site. Um, which I'm not right now, but you'll see when that splashes on, we'll get um, a different set of text. So that's just using, we're not having to hand draw stuff, uh, nothing needs to be pre-baked, we don't need bitmaps, that's just pulling from those bitmap font uh, so, uh, files to, to draw each letter up there. Uh, so it has a full, I did kind of a full set of that font, so we have uppercase, lowercase, and a bunch of the, the common glyphs. Um, Let's see, yeah, I guess we could do, just for fun, because I like looking at stuff get drawn on screens, we'll just do a bunch of question marks. Let's see how that looks. I don't know what the question mark looks like in this font, actually. Uh, and then, uh, these are our, there you go, ooh, cool question marks. Uh, these, it looks like I have a little heart at the bottom. These are the uh, 
two different ways the text gets updated once we're in the flow of the actual checking the status. So it's either going to be on air or off air, and that shows that we pick the different type uh, string, the different X positions, and the different colors, and then we redraw the wings uh, in the proper color, uh, and then redraw the frame, and that was just in case the last thing seen was the, um, uh, the name at the boot up, uh, since we don't know which status we'll get first. And here's how the status is being checked. Uh, this is uh, all Melissa right here. Thank you again so much for making this work and work so well. Uh, this is, uh, again, similar to the code that, that we've used in uh, the Pi Portal. It's based on that type of idea, uh, going in and grabbing the time values as well as the, um, the mode state from, from the API. And uh, then depending on uh, the check, we are measuring the amount of time that's elapsed since we last checked. And then we'll check again when that's uh, uh, when we've gotten past that number, and uh, then the status mode zero or one will set whether we're using the update text zero or one, and uh, that is it. That is what's uh, what's happening behind the scenes of our uh, of our on air off air signs. So you can see. Um, it's accurate right now. You won't get to see this turn off when I shut down the live stream because, well, that's a paradox, but uh, there it is. I'll tweet it out if you want to see that. Uh, and I'm really excited where this is going. So we're starting to get uh, some uh, very cool functionality using the Matrix Portal library. The library, I believe, is in review right now, or maybe it's in the bundle. Um, and uh, my code is up in, on GitHub, and I'll be in the Learn Guide repo, and I'll be writing uh, the guide. I'm actually already working on the guide, and I should have that out pretty soon. Uh, so if you want to take a look at it, and of course you can bend it to your own will and use it in different ways, but uh, I think it'll make a neat starting off uh, point for you, or you may just want to use it as is to, to let you know when your favorite live stream is on. Uh, one of my favorite things has been while I'm working on this and, uh, and I forget that I have it on, and then someone the Ruiz brothers or Lamor or Scott, someone starts live streaming and all of a sudden I see this thing flip on and I go, hey, cool, that's right, it actually, uh, it works and lets me, know, uh, lets me know when our live streams are happening. So uh, that, is, uh, that is the project of the week. Thank you for, uh, for checking that out with me. Um, over in YouTube, we have a question. Uh, Kevin Carranza says, do you have the code for the on-air display? Yeah, if you head to the uh, GitHub Adafruit, Adafruit Learn Guide repo, uh, you will find it there, uh, and it's called Matrix On Air, and I'll be putting out a guide that'll that'll point you at that. But if you if you want to find it, uh, just head to GitHub uh, for Adafruit in the Learn Adafruit Learn Guide repo, and you'll find it in there. Um, and there's a question about could you do projects with NeoPixel LEDs in the future? There is yes, absolutely, Johnny. Uh, I will definitely continue to do NeoPixel projects. Um, you know, even a project like this, you could do it with just a NeoPixel, a single NeoPixel to show you the state, yellow or red, uh, off or on, uh, however you want. But um, you, you could also do text with them. You can string together a lot of NeoPixels and do this type of uh, project using things like the LED animation library. Uh, makes, that, makes that work really well. Uh, all right, let's see. Anything going on over there in uh, Discord land? Let's have a look. Uh, Which bot runs 33 minutes after the hour, says Mr. Certainly. Is that the, uh, oh, okay, so that's how often we're checking. Is that how, is that the most we can check the Twitch? 
It looks like there used to be an easier way to check Twitch, but uh, then they got really popular. So if you, if you Google how to, how to do this sort of thing with Twitch, it's gotten much more complicated using OAuth, I think. Uh, okay, yeah, Maker Melissa says the library is still in review, so hopefully that'll be out soon. Very good. And uh, yeah, if you have uh, questions or suggestions about that, uh, please come by um, uh, into GitHub and, and check out the state of things. Uh, also, a reminder from uh, Tanu. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, I forgot to say, Scott Shawcroft will be doing his live stream uh, at uh, around 2 o'clock or after, sometime after 2 o'clock today. I'll be done pretty soon, so maybe he'll, he'll be getting going at 2. Uh, and that's Pacific, 2 o'clock Pacific time, 5 o'clock Eastern. Do I have that right? 2, 3, 4, 5, yeah. Uh, and he'll be, I think, continuing to dive into the ESP32 S2 Wi-Fi pinging of SSIDs. I think that's the topic. Uh, so go, go there for a deep, 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 deep dive. Uh, and uh, very good. All right, well, that's it. That's, I'm going to call it right there. Uh, thank you again for, for coming by. Uh, for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park. This has been John Park's Workshop, and I will see you next week right here at this time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>